Hello, and welcome to the Major Gifts Fundraiser podcast. I'm Monica Van Deventer. Let me tell you a little bit about the tribe we're building here at Major Gifts Fundraiser. We're working with people like you who want to be among the very best in this field. You want to accomplish great things. You want to challenge yourself. You want to grow, and you are up for going on a journey because you know a journey is what it takes to become the very best version of yourself. You're listening to this podcast because you know that in order to be a great fundraiser, you have to spend time thinking about how you'll be a great fundraiser. You can learn more about our new online training programs at majorgiftsfundraiser.com. And without further ado, here's Clark. Buenos dias, mis amigos. Clark Van Deventer here from Major Gifts Fundraiser. Hope that you are having an epic, forget this great stuff. I hope that you are having an epic day. All right. You can bring me in. All right. Imagine how much fun we could have together. Imagine how much we could accomplish together, right? Fresh set of eyes, fresh perspective. Um, Like, you know what I love to do? I love looking at your list. I love scanning a list and helping you find your acres of diamonds, right? You have people on your list who could give you big gifts, You are sitting on acres of diamonds. You just don't know what an uncultivated diamond looks like. So you can bring me into your organization for a strategic fundraising workshop. I'll come to you. We'll spend an evening together. Then I'm going to have a full day in your office with your team, helping you become the fundraiser you've always dreamed of becoming. So email me. Uh, Clark at MajorGiftsFundraiser.com. That's Clark at MajorGiftsFundraiser.com. All right. As I click record, it's the last day of January. The year is one twelfth over. Gone. All right. So how you doing on your goals for the year? I have 12. I have 12 goals for the year. And man, let me tell you, I'm killing it so far. I mean, I've got a few that are just sitting there. I have two in particular. It's like, hey, I've got two weeks on my calendar in May, and in those two weeks, I'm going to knock those two out. But I'm feeling good about all my goals for the year so far. If you're not, hey, I'm not not here to make you feel bad. Just check-in time, right? We're we're one-twelfth of the way through the year. So let's get to work. All right, I've got a book in hand. I'm holding it right now. If you could, if this were a video cast, you could, I could, I could hold it up and show it to you, but you'll just have to close your eyes and imagine it's a white cover with red writing. The book is objections by Jeb Blount. All right. Love this book. Um, in this book, he talks about the idea of emotional contagion. Or you're like, what is emotional contagion? It's about how people respond in kind. All right, let me read this little quote to you here. Um, Again, this is the book Objections by Jeb Blount. He says, we've tracked thousands of sales interactions across a diverse set of industries. When salespeople demonstrate confidence and ask assertively for what they want, appointments, next steps, buying commitments, prospects say yes 50 to 70% of the time. Conversely, non-assertive, 
insecure, I don't want to seem pushy requests have a 10 to 30% success rate. Ooh, all right. Salespeople who demonstrate confidence and ask assertively for what they want, they get a yes 50 to 70% of the time. I don't want to seem pushy. You get a success rate of 10 to 30%. All right, now, you may be thinking about the close. All right, you're a fundraiser. You're thinking about the close. Um, and when you hear about a book called Objections, you tend to think it's a book for people who've made the ask and now they're dealing with objections, all right? And sure, we could have a whole conversation about ob objections that come up after you make an ask. But remember, the whole giving cycle with a donor is asking for a series of commitments. The first ask is the ask for the visit, all right? Then there's lots of other asks. There's there's questions, there's strategic questions, there's micro commitments, right? There's another uh, little book <laughs> that I love. It's called The Little Red Book of Selling by Jeffrey Gitmer. And he says that the assumptive position is the strongest selling strategy in the world. And that when you pair an assertive request with excellence through the sales process. All right, we're going to talk about that in I, okay, I, I'm deciding right now. I'm going to talk about this in the next episode. Excellence throughout the sales process. And we're going to talk about the butterfly effect. That's going to be the next podcast episode. When you pair an assertive request, an assumptive sales position, when you pair that with excellence throughout the process, the probability of getting a yes goes even higher. All right, so we're pairing assertive assumptive sales positions with excellence throughout the sales process. If we do both those things, the, the close rate goes even higher. Um, Jeb Blount in his book, though, Objections, says, you must directly, quickly, and concisely get to the point. Asking directly for what you want makes it easier for your prospect to say yes. When you are confident with your ask, and assume you'll get what you want, stakeholders respond in kind and give it to you. All right, listen to that again. When you are confident with your ask and assume you will get what you want, stakeholders respond in kind and give it to you. All right, did you hear that last line? You're confident, you ask for what you want, and they respond in kind and they give it to you. And let me tell you something. This is hard for me. This is not natural. All right. I'm a Californian, man. Like we're super chill. I like to shrug my shoulders and say, whatever, it's cool. All right. So the sales, the, the assumptive sales position is hard for me. It's not natural. So I don't want you listening to this advice and saying, that's easy for Clark, that's his style, but that's not me, it's hard for me. Listen to what I am saying, this is hard for me. The assumptive sales position is not a natural position. Like, I am, I, like, am I good at fundraising? Yes, I, I think I'm good at fundraising. Is, is it natural? Yes, okay, there are parts of this job that are natural to me. But this part of it, this is not natural. I have to work at this. 
And I am reading Jeb Blount, and he says, all right, here's the quote. He says, we've tracked thousands of sales interactions across a diverse set of industries. And when salespeople demonstrate confidence and ask assertively for what they want, prospects say yes 50 to 70% of the time, right? And when they don't, when fundraisers don't ask assertively, when they don't want to seem pushy, they only have a 10 to 30% success rate. All right, so let's go back to that other line, all right? When you are confident with your ask and assume you will get what you want, stakeholders respond in kind and give it to you, all right? This is your donor rising to the occasion of the meeting. You are coming in with a purpose and they rise to the occasion. So I want you to give your meetings a sense of purpose, right? I, I Look, we have a pre-visit checklist that we always have fundraisers go through before they have a meeting with a donor. And, and some of the, some of the things that are on this checklist, it's like, really, you had to put that on the checklist. And it's like, look, this is just me getting my head in the game. Is this a discovery meeting, a cultivation meeting, a solicitation meeting, or a stewardship meeting? Hey, by the way, if you want a copy of our pre-visit checklist, email me, I'll give you a copy of the pre-visit checklist. This is you getting your head in the game. Uh, you need to figure out what it is about the institution that most interests the donor. Why do they give to you? Right? These are strategic questions that you need to ask as you are moving toward the ask for the major gift. Right? Of all the things you do, what are they most interested in? Right? You're trying to figure out how much you should ask for and when the right time to ask for that gift might be. So you've got to look at my list of strategic questions and figure out what are the ones that you want to ask in a meeting. Again, this is part of the pre-visit checklist. What are the strategic questions I need to ask in this meeting? Um, when I first started doing this, really like scripting a meeting, and I use that term all the time, scripting a meeting, and someone thought I was talking about actually writing a script. It's not writing a script. It's giving an outline to, to a meeting. Um, and when I first started doing this, I would have five or six questions I wanted to ask. And I'd go into a meeting and I'd have written down five or six questions that I wanted to ask. But as I got better at this, over time, that list went down to two or three. I was only asking two or three of the questions, but I was getting all five or six answered, right? Because one question naturally flowed into the next I didn't have to ask it. That's just where the conversation went. The donor answered the question without my even asking it. Um, I've done lots of meetings with people who were asking these strategic questions for the first time. I, I've had arrangements with organizations in the past where part of the training process for a development officer is after a few months on the job, Clark's going to go on a trip with them. And I've been in these meetings where I know the only reason the fundraiser is asking the strategic questions is because I'm in the room. <laughs> and and they, they don't want to have to explain to me in the car afterwards why they didn't ask the question. Um, and, and then uh, I've had arrangements with organizations in the past where I then maybe after a fundraiser has been in the job for a year, I'll go on another trip with them. 
And a year later, I see them asking the questions much more naturally. Right Early on, it can be like driving a stick shift, like driving a car with a manual transmission. Like I can drive a stick shift, but I, I don't do it very often. So if I were to get behind the, the uh, wheel of a car that was a manual transmission right now, I could drive it, but it would be a little clunky. It'd be like, okay, let's get it into gear. And I'm not smooth. I'm not an Italian race car driver. All right. Um, so when you get started asking these strategic questions, it can be a little clunky. But over time, if you keep doing it, if you keep making yourself do it, it will start to feel natural. You'll be as smooth as an Italian race car driver. All right. I mean, sometimes people talk about the way these questions just roll off my tongue. And if you were ever to give a gift above and beyond anything you've ever given before, what would you want to accomplish? Right. If, if I were to show you a proposal for how we can do that, is that something you would consider? What kind of difference do you think we'd be able to make in our community if we were to move forward with this project? Right. These are natural questions for me. These are these are things that naturally now roll off my tongue because I've been in like twenty five hundred donor meetings in my career. And I started asking these questions a few hundred in. So your first time asking the questions may feel like your first time driving a stick shift, but keep at it. And I promise you that that in time, it will feel natural. The assumptive sales position may not feel natural, right? So often I feel like fundraisers are begging. We're begging for a meeting, right? We're begging for a gift. And these aren't positions that put us in a position to be successful. Like our donors should want to meet with us because we are smart and we are successful people. We are movers and shakers. We are world changers. And, and like, like my donor should be honored to meet with me. Your donor should be honored to meet with you. We shouldn't be begging for meetings and we shouldn't be begging for gifts. We have something valuable to offer. And so why wouldn't I have an assumptive sales position, whether I'm asking for a, a meeting or asking for a gift? And I'm telling you, right, Jeb Blunt, I'm holding the book right here, objections. Prospects say yes to an assumptive sales position, to an assertive sales position. And it may not be natural to me, but I'm looking at the numbers. And, and look, this, this assertive sales position is just it, it performs better than the I don't want to be pushy. So what which do I want to do? The one that feels natural or, or the one that's successful? All right, in the next episode we'll talk about pairing it with excellence throughout the process. Everything matters. The butterfly effect. All right, that's all I've got for you today. Um be assertive. Be ha have an assumptive take an assumptive sales position. Like you're asking for, for something that they would obviously want to do. You're assuming the close, whether it's an ask for a, a visit or an ask for a gift. All right, again, that's all I've got for you today. Hey, questions, comments. Hey, you want to bring me in? Email me. Clark at MajorGiftsFundraiser.com. That's Clark 
at MajorGiftsFundraiser.com. Hey, thanks so much for listening. Have an epic day. Hey guys, thanks for listening. Monica here again. I wanted to take a minute to tell you about our workshops and how you can bring Clark into your organization for a day or two workshop where he works directly with you and your team in your office. If you're benefiting from these podcasts, imagine how much more you could accomplish with Clark spending a couple days in your office. You can book a strategic development workshop with Clark. This all starts with Clark getting together on a long call with you, either over the phone or video conference. He's going to dig in. He's going to find out who you are, what your organization's about, what challenges you face, and just where you're at in general. Then he's going to provide a written development report. This report is something that you could give to your boss or your board. It's a professional outside assessment of where your organization is at. And that call is really important because Clark wants to know where you are so that when he comes in, he can spend his time addressing the issues that are most pertinent to you and where you guys are as an organization. So Clark's going to travel to you. He's going to get on a flight. He's going to come out to wherever you are and spend some time with you and your team. There's a real synergy that happens during these workshops. Everybody's on the same page. They're hearing the same message. They're starting to talk in the same vocabulary. It's really powerful. And, you know, when Clark first got started in fundraising, he was fortunate to have access to really great training. He went to professional seminars led by the best fundraising coaches of their time, but still he would leave and get back to his office and be back in the trenches. And even after having all that great training, when it was time to actually get back to work, he felt a little bit lost. There were doubts that crept in. How do I make this relevant to me? Then the organization he worked for hired one of those speakers, one of those coaches who was leading the seminars to come to their office and coach them directly. They did this multiple times and it was amazing. Clark got to spend some time with Gerald Panis. If you know him, you know how amazing he was at fundraising. And he got to travel with Jerry and meet with donors. Jerry became a mentor to Clark and that meant so much to his career because Jerry was the best fundraising coach of his time, hands down. He was a legend. Unfortunately, he passed away a few years ago, but he lived to be 89 and he was full of life to the end. Still, of course, it's very sad that Jerry is gone. But I think Clark is the Jerry Panis of this next generation. He has a letter from Jerry and it was written on Clark's behalf to a university president, and he wrote, Clark knows how to manage people. He works effectively with volunteers and board members. He knows every aspect of fundraising and operating a development office. Best of all, he loves asking for gifts. He's a star. I can't recommend these in-house workshops enough. They're a shot in the arm for your organization and you'll be so inspired, but not just inspired. You're going to feel motivated and equipped to take on the world. To find out more about these workshops, email me at Monica at Major Gifts Fundraiser. That's Monica, M-O-N-I-C-A at Major Gifts Fundraiser.com. Thanks for listening.